Good morning. Just say yes. Today's word is yes. Yes. Today's word is yes. Are we going to brunch today? The answer is? Are we going snowboarding this winter? The answer is? If you pay. (laughs) Adventure is great to be with you. If you're visiting, I'm Scott. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And today we are looking at the word yes. What is the biggest yes you've ever received? The biggest yes you've ever received. Maybe it was uh, when you got on your knee and you said, will you give me the honor from this day forward? And you got a yes. How many of you would say, yeah, that was the biggest yes. Guys, raise your hand. It doesn't matter if you feel that way or not. Okay. (laughs) Biggest yes you've ever had, right? Uh, Maybe your big yes was, hey, you passed your driver's license. You passed after your first fail You took the test again, and finally on the third one, because you've got to pass the third one, or I think you're delayed six months. When I was a kid, it was like 10 years, but you passed, you did it, or you got accepted. You got accepted into the school of your choice. You got accepted into ARC, you are in, or you got got into uh, Sac City. You saw Sac City, they're delivering, they got it. They got good press this week. A lot of good, stu- a lot of influencers coming out of there, including a 49er. You got accepted into uh, UC Davis or UC Merced or Sac State. You somebody said yes, or you got an interview for a dream job, and they wanted to hire you. After that interview, you were in, and you're like, ah, the biggest yes I've ever had. It's just incredible. Or maybe you're experiencing some. The fulfillment of some hopes you've had for years, they're actually materializing. That that old saying, God has dreams for us we've yet to imagine, it's happening in your life. And you have nothing to do with it. It's happening kind of involuntarily around you. That's Those are huge yeses. This morning, I want to challenge you to consider saying yes. Now, some of you might be saying, what are you talking about? I like last week's message. I don't want to say yes. I say yes way too much. Let me tell you, the yes I'm asking you to say yes to is one perhaps you've never heard before. And the other yeses I'm going to ask you to consider are dependent upon the first one. So they go together. We're going to spend more time on the first one. What's your big yes? Here's what James Main, I thought, said really well last week, and it was featured on Facebook and got quite a bit of attention. Here it is. We must learn that saying no at times gives us the opportunity to say yes to more impactful and worthy things, and it makes it more likely that we will succeed with the things that we say yes to. How many of you are like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in with that. Right. But today you're saying yes. Today you're asking me to say yes. Yes. Here's the deal. We as parents, we know we like to say yes to our kids, don't we? (laughs) Okay, not all the time, but we there are things we want to say yes to, right? Don't we want to say yes to the the deepest Christmas present wishes they have? Yeah. And that's true for grandparents and no doubt uncles and aunts. You want to you want to be able to say yes to their, you know, (laughs) great desire for a special gift. You want to say yes to those. Um, spouses, if you're married or dating. You want to say yes to that particular gift that you know will touch the heart. Um, he'll, your, uh, 
your, your husband or boyfriend will feel respected. Um, he'll feel like he's, the, he's got what it takes. Or your, your bride or your girlfriend will feel like you're fighting for her. You're, you think she's beautiful. Not to be generous. Bosses, these are, these are great yeses. We want to be generous. Bosses, maybe not owners, but bosses want to be generous with employees. They want to give raises. They want to um, give benefits. They want to give vacation time. I mean, I think it's, if, if we're doing our best to follow Jesus, we're going to want to say yes. We're going to want to say yes to our neighbors if they ask us to do something. We're going to want to say yes to our coworkers because we love them. And yet, it's not that easy, is it? Saying yes is not that easy. So here's the question today. Do you think God, do you think God, do you think of God as having a yes in his heart for you? Do you think that God has a yes in his heart for you, or do you tend to think he has buyer's remorse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I like you, Rick Rarick. I know that voice. Yeah, do you ever, do you ever think about it? Do you ever think, uh, after those decisions, uh, wow, he's got to be up there thinking, wow, I didn't think that yes through, did I? I, I don't know that that was a good decision having a relationship with that Scott Matthews. Oh my word, he is just embarrassing me to no end. When is he going to stop? Uh, I hope he's not saying that this morning. But do you th- this is super important. Do you think of God as having a yes in his heart for you or a no in his heart for you? And think about it. What happens when you're going through a season of suffering? Personal suffering related to uh, your health, the loss of a loved one, Job performance, you thought you were here and yeah, you're here. And you're like, hey, are, are, are you there? <laughs> Can you hear me now? And people going through those kind of seasons are wondering, hey, you know what? Is it is because it of those mistakes I made in 2016? They're catching up to me or 2015 or 14 or 67 when I was born. What what? Because I don't feel like he's for me right now. I feel a little bit like he's saying, you know what? With that Scott Matthews, I bought myself an MG. <laughs> Anybody tempted to buy those MGs back in the 80s? Yeah. Brutal, brutal lemon mess. Be buyer's remorse. Or how about you're going through a season in your marriage and family life when it doesn't look like it's going to last? In fact, you're in the process of divorce. Do you feel like, oh, now he's probably saying no to me? <laughs> Or you're a child that's that's experiencing a divorce, and you're like, ah, I guess it's no to our family now. Uh, or you're you're going you're in a job loss situation. You're like, I guess it's no to me. It's so easy, is it not, to read into our circumstances and allow our circumstances to actually edit our theology, to allow our circumstances to actually recharacterize the Father's heart in our own mind. And what I want to tell you today is the biggest yes that comes from God is, is related to how he, he loves you unconditionally and he wants your identity to be in that relationship. That's where we're going to go this morning. This is such an important question today's point. If you don't answer yes here, you're going to have a real hard time with today's point. Here's today's point. If we cannot accept God's yes for ourselves then we're not going to be able to say yes to others. If we can't accept ourselves and the identity that we have from Jesus Christ, we're going to really struggle to unconditionally accept and love others. Does that make sense? 
If I can't, if I can't accept that I'm a beloved child, that I'm loved by God, I'm going to have a hard time with you and you and you and you. Oh, and you're going to really not like me, right? Because what you'll hear today is each and every encounter we have with people, by our eyes, by our mouth, by our body language, we're, we're giving them a yes or a no all the time. We, some of, we've given each other yeses or nos already this morning. We subconsciously give one another a yes or no. Just in our interactions, with our eyes, with our smile, with the way we welcome them, with the way we receive them, with the way we encourage them and build them up, with the way we, uh, we yield to them, it's a yes or a no. And what I want to say today is God says yes in a way that you've probably never heard before. This is a passage I've never taught on. It, it answers the question of how do we say yes to God so that we discover this new identity that allows us to say yes to anybody else, anybody else, uncircumstantially. Would you like to know how? Would you like to know how to really discover a yes from God that will help you say yes to others, anybody else, especially the people that maybe you tr- would like to see some more change in? Do you have loved ones that it feels like, you know what, they're just like, <laughs> they're just kind of antagonistic or disrespectful or friends that's like, they don't, they're not thinking. I wish they would just show a little courtesy, a little common courtesy. And you may be feeling a little bit like Paul here. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, could be called the California church. And in the first letter, he's already told them, hey, you guys, you've been fully pardoned by the substitutionary death of Christ, but you're living a lifestyle that's totally contrary for what you've been purchased for. And I want you to, I want you to think about this. You're, you're not living in a way that honors Jesus Christ. And he comes down on them hard. And he says, in fact, you're laughing about the way you live with license for the grace of God. You're laughing about it, about how much fun you're having. And then he he writes this time to the Corinthians a second time. And he says, hey, I got to tell you, I'm sorry I may have really hurt you. (laughs) And I'm sorry that I've been maybe so direct. I really love you. But I want to admit that when it comes down to it, I trust God's yes better than I do my own. It's kind of like a parent saying, you know what? Hey, I'm going to fail here. I fail. And this is true for Scott Matthews. I do fail as a parent. But God does not fail. I fail as an employee. God does not fail. I fail as a neighbor. God doesn't fail. I fail as a friend. God doesn't fail. Paul's saying to the Corinthian church, I may have failed as a leader. God will not fail you here. He's all in with you. That's the context here where we're at. All right, so I can make sure everyone's awake right now. Turn to your neighbor and just say, Yankees and Dodgers, 1981 repeat. Go ahead and say it right now. Some of you look tired. I want to make certain you're up. Yankees, Yankees and Dodgers, 1981 repeat. Welch against Jackson on the mound, 12, 15 pitches. How many was it? All right, okay, let's continue. Here we go. Thank you. Squirrel. Where's the squirrel? Did you see this? Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. God says yes to me. Most important yes you'll ever hear in your life is from God. Here's how it goes. Paul writes, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you. This is Paul writing. Our message to you. Yeah, this is a message. This is a message. Good morning. Okay. You guys have a great day. Come to Adventure. You'll love it. Okay. 
we go. As surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. He's saying we're not vacillating. We're not, we're not changing our mind here. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us. This is Paul speaking of his team that's been distributing the message of Christ. By me and Silas and Timothy, he lists his co-workers, was not a yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. We're all in for you is what he's saying. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are a yes in Christ. That's a huge statement. And here's Paul, the PhD in theology, who's understanding that every promise, all 7,457, some say by count there are, had their yes in Jesus. He was the beginning and the end. He was the firstborn of all creation. In him, all things hold together. In him and through him, all things were made. Yeses, there's five of them. And so through him, the amen, which I'll talk about a little bit later, means so be it. It means actually whoopee. It means I'm all in with that in, in its original use is spoken of by us, is spoken of by us. So Paul's saying, we get to speak the amen of God to the glory of God. By one count, there are 7,457 promises that God has made. 7,457 promises God has made. And we have questions about God being in it with us. We ask questions like, God, will you save me? God says yes. We ask questions like, God, will you forgive me? God says yes. God, will you cleanse me? God says yes. God, will you give me strength? God says yes. God, will you give me guidance? God says yes. God, will you give me wisdom? Because I don't know what to do in this situation. The Bible says if you don't vacillate, if, you don't, if you're not like the wind or of the sea tossed to and fro and you, you look for God to give you wisdom, he'll answer that prayer request. God, will you give me the ability to forgive this person and not be trapped by bitterness and resentment? God says yes. It's all yes. It's all yes in Jesus. God, will you be with me every day of my life until I die? Jesus says yes. Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus said, well, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. God says yes each time. God, after I die, will you resurrect me and make me part of a tremendously creative heaven and earth, which no eye hath seen nor ear hath heard? God says yes. Rachel Ming, last November. Rachel's, uh, this gal here, second to the right, an adventurer. Last November, she had a friend that was killed. It was traumatic for her. And she shared the story that she was doing life like we encourage adventurers to do in our community. She was doing life with a gal named Janice Tuolan, and they were in the car driving, and Rachel just stopped and said, hey, I just, I can't deal with the anxiety I'm having as a result of the loss of my friend who was killed. It was just traumatizing to her. And her friend did what we ask adventurers to do, to pray constantly, to share their Jesus story, regularly she said hey can i pray for you rachel rachel said yes and there janice prayed for rachel and rachel said and i quote she said it was the only thing that relieved the anxiety over my friend's death that prayer janice invited rachel to come to services rachel said um i've that she invited me to come to Adventure that Sunday. It was exactly what my spirit needed. 
I raised my hand to accept Jesus into my heart. I've been coming ever since. Rachel said yes to God's yes as it relates to her deepest fears. Do you have a fear that's overwhelming you? Any kind of fear. God says yes. He says yes. And Rachel will be baptized next Sunday. She wanted her whole family to be here. Praise the Lord for Janice, a hope person, a hope bringer, who saw that this relationship she had outside yes to Rachel. He says yes to us. Let's just take a look at a little context here, though. You have to understand that the culture that Paul was teaching in was asking Corinthians, or Californians, if you want to call them that, to say yes to other things, just like we are. Here, here's an example. <clears throat> the Corinthian temple, uh, where the cults of uh, Aphrodite and the cults of Menachlean, <laughs> I think that's the correct pronunciation, feel free to follow up, uh, these cults would regularly invite Corinthians to say yes. This is how they would do it, to say yes to pagan worship. They would send out beautiful women in robes, and these women would invite people from the community to come to the temple and be involved intimately with them. They would pour water all over them, so it was, there was nothing the eye couldn't see of these ladies. And Paul was telling the Corinthian church, hey, say yes to Jesus. Say no to the things this culture is asking you to say yes to. Also, another one of the other cults would actually send out wine tasters and invite people from the community to come to the temple. You can see this is, this is excavated Corinth. That's the temple up on the hill. Uh, this is per Gil Stiglitz. And uh, they would invite people to come say yes to temple worship in inappropriate relationships and Paul's saying, say no to that, say yes to Jesus. Always know that when you're being invited to say yes to Jesus in a deeper way, there's sometimes a, a more enticing yes that's being asked of you or offered of you in culture. Be aware of that. There's always a tension. What does our culture invite us to say yes to? Here's a few. We're invited to say yes to our identity that's found in our income. That's, my, that's who I am. I've said yes. That's my identity is my income. Our education. I, I have this. I don't have this. That's, a, that's God's yes or no in my life. Not true. Our ancestry. Hey, I've got, I've got great genes. Uh, you might not be impressed with me, but you should hear about my great, you know, William the Conqueror uncle. Uh, our rights. I got rights. That's... That's my identity, or my freedom of choice, or my desires. I get to do what I want. Don't tell me what to do, or my emotions. This is how I feel, so I'm saying it, okay? And, and the bottom line is everything our culture invites us is to a life built around me or you. Zach, who, Zach Fox brought up the fact this week that that's the, it's actually when you break down the true definition of Satanism, the, the actual religion of Satanism, it's built around just serving yourself, you, literally, you. Interesting, isn't it? How about this? Does our culture invite us to say yes to Christianity? Think about that. No, no. Everything in our culture is getting us to, is asking us to say no to Christianity. We were just talking about Dwayne Wade's, uh, we like this athlete, this Christian athlete, and his, his uh, Twitter account, Profile page says that I'm a father first. And we're not trying to dog on Dwayne, but 
what we would like it to say is, I'm a Christian first and everything else after that. I don't know if we're going to ask him to do that. How do you say yes to your preborn, planned? How do you say yes to God's yes in your life? Here's how you do it. You say yes to your preborn, planned identity in Jesus Christ. A preborn, planned identity in Jesus Christ. Look at a few of these verses. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139. Did you hear that? All these days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Say yes to that kind of planned identity. Or how about this? But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, this is Paul writing, he called me by his grace and was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach among the Gentiles. I believe Paul is no different in his value than you are, that God has set you aside in your mother's womb for a purpose. Get your identity from that. And then one of my, oh, in Ephesians, we are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. And my favorite one is when Paul's writing to the, the, the Californians, he says, hey, all things are yours. Don't be partial to some leaders. Realize that we're all servants of Christ. All things are yours. And so the question I've asked is, how do I accept God's yes in my life? This is such an important question. How do I accept God's yes in my life? And uh, I want to illustrate it by saying this very briefly and delicately. I was raised uh, with two stepdads, and it was a little confusing for me as a kid because I wondered, you know, what's my identity? I I was named a Richardson for a while, and then... And then I went back to Matthews, and then I had a stepdad named Bob Berry. And as a young man, I just kind of wondered, who am I? Can any of you relate to that? Raise your hand if that's just connecting with a couple of you. Okay, the rest of you, enjoy your nap. So here's, so I'm just like, I'm like, who am I? And, and I struggle with that even into my, my 30s. And something felt like with me that I want to share with you. I kind of felt like God spoke to me and said, you know what? <clears throat> when I was 13... Someone shared the first Bible verse I'd ever heard in my life. This guy, Linda Kaufman, said, God is your father. He's a father to the fatherless, and left me. And I was like, what? Never heard that before. And then in my 30s, I reasoned that every good and perfect gift that I got from my Richardson family and from my Barry family was from my Heavenly Father. And so... It wasn't, am I a Richardson? Am I a, am I a Barry? It wasn't either or. It was, am I God's child? God loved me so much that he gave me family that poured into my life. And all that was from him. And there's a temptation to lean on individual family members or families and say, yeah, they're the ones, that's my origin. Yeah, I do. Wait, I do hope my sons will show some respect to their dad. Yeah, I do. The other day I was at campus where Grant works, and I said, hey, Grant, how you doing? He goes, kind of busy, Dad. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt. A little moment. I won't share that second service. That's free. I started to believe that everything that I received from the identity that came from my blended family that was good was from God. I could receive it without needing it in an unhealthy way. 
And all of a sudden, I believe that everything I learned from my family, God could use to help me become the person he wanted me to be. And so I, wasn't, I didn't have unnecessarily in, you know, ties to my family. It's healthy. By the way, I see my mom every day, every morning. But, and both of my stepdads go to church here, so I need to handle this delicately today. Okay. But do you see it? I, st- I felt totally empowered by what God had done through my blended family and what he could do to me. And I had this healthy view of him. I had a new identity. I said yes to my pre-porn planned identity in Jesus Christ. And my, planned, my blended family was a part of that. Okay? Really. No hurt, no bitterness at all with my family. I'm very proud of my entire family. Okay? All right. I want you to say yes to your pre-born planned identity in Jesus Christ. All right. Secondly, God says yes through me. God says yes through me. This is what Paul says. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So it's not just that I accept God's yes to me. I accept God's yes to happen through me. It's the amen. And the amen here is I am really down with that. I hear young people say this. And I actually, it was strange because I read a scholar actually describe amen like this. Boy, I'm down with that. My kids say that. It's kind of cool. But it's like, whoopee, I'm, I'm totally in on that. <laughs> we all carry, I like how John Ortberg says this, we all carry a yes or no in our heart for each person in our life. We do it several ways. He lists several examples. This is how we can say, how God can say yes is through us. The first one is the yes of goodwill, building each other up. You know, every time you see someone or interact with someone, your body language, your eyes, your smile... Everything about you either says a yes or a no all the time. How many of you got a yes this morning from the person you came with? Yeah, yeah. How many of you are struggling to give a yes to the person who gave you a no this morning? Okay, it's hard. Build each other up. Secondly, the yes of acknowledging others. Paul says it very simply in the scriptures. It's greeting one another. He's a little more personal than we are. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. We're not going to do that this morning, but Paul says, hey, greet one another with a holy kiss. Make it personal. Do you know what an impact it makes when you greet people well? Just say hi to people. Let them know you care. When you're at the, uh, at the, in the office, when you're in the cubicle island, when you're out in the community, when you're in neighborhood, it's so easy to kind of bury yourself in what you do. And maybe you're an introvert and you really like that, but that's not an excuse. It's, it's this ability to look up and see people around you. In fact, to, 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 to greet one another means to kind of welcome them. Hey, I welcome you. I, I open my heart to you. This is how we say yes to others. There's also a yes of making a way for others. And as, as Tammy and Tom come up here right now, I want them to tell you what we're doing. But part of valuing the interests of others is putting others first, putting their interests first, putting others first. And we're so proud. Did you notice the, the house that we have out here on our lot? Um, we're so proud of what this couple's doing to actually provide homes for homeless Sacramentans here. And I want Tammy and Tom to tell you about it. Would you welcome Tammy? Here, Tam. Tom, sit down. Good morning. Thank you. So I just want to say quickly that about eight years ago, I was sitting in a congregation just like you, and my pastor um, preached a sermon, and God got a yes out of me. 
He said, I want you to unite my church in the region, and I want you to bring them together around some things that really matter to me, and they are people who are underserved, the homeless, the hungry, ladies coming out of sex trafficking. Shortly after that call, I met Lauren and Rochelle, and they have been very impactful in my life in helping me look at a lens of how to see others um, who are the same as you and I and who need um, people around them just like you and I do. So eight years later, uh, as we put these strategies together for churches to dive into, last November, God said, build tiny homes. Uh, I have a real estate background. I love building. My grandfather was a home builder. And so that's what we did. We said, we don't want to sit in any more meetings. We want to just unite the body of Christ around getting some homes for the homeless. And so here's what it looks like. It's called Compassion Village. Compassion Village um, encourages churches to raise $7,500 for a home. When you raise the home, we then give you all the materials and the plans and the expertise and everything you need to build that home. Once you build it, and it looks just like that. Once you build it, you take that home down to our first village. Our villages are underutilized church properties. We take a portion of those properties. We turn them into a resource center. We add um, community showers, community kitchens, um, community spaces where people can uh, be mentored and where advocates can come in and really help them individually. We um, put them in a home and then from there, uh, each church commits to being a part of the mentoring and advocacy and assistance in that home for the next three years. We don't want to just build a home and not provide what individuals need. Um, the second part of it is we also have an incubator space. We're really big on entrepreneurship. And so we teach entrepreneurship in the homes. For some people, it's a, what I call a solopreneurship. It's something that they can do on their own to earn an income. For others, it's starting a small micro-enterprise business of some sort and um, being able to make an income and teach others job skills through that. So that's what Compassion Village is. Robin, yes, I'm calling you out. Robin somehow figured out what was happening at the village and this girl has been out there um, volunteering and painting. She's had paint in her hair. She's had all, she, whatever she thinks that the village needs, she just goes and gets it. So she's the reason why we're here today. So I would encourage you guys to check out the house. Um, come join us. Uh, let's, let's solve homelessness. It can be solved. Awesome. Okay? Awesome. 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 Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tammy. Look forward to hearing more about your ministry. They're saying yes to valuing others. They're saying yes to, to serving one another. They're saying yes to doing it with great joy. This is how you say yes to others. I heard a story, I don't want to let it go this morning, of something that happened, a pastor in Santa Rosa. Check this out. I um, just want to tell you guys my story. It was kind of a surreal moment. Everyone was driving away, and I was driving into it. Um, the winds were um, and, and so there were just tree branches and leaves and things flying and hitting my car. Um, 
And as I got closer to my house, I'll never forget, um, it felt like in a kind of an apocalyptic scene. Um, there was smoke just kind of whirling around and it's just line of cars um, and I'm driving around fallen trees. Um, and when I, when I reached my street, um, I began to turn left onto it and I looked and I noticed that there was a fire um, burning on one of the fences at the end of my street. Um, and I just thought, oh my God. And I, and I turned onto the street and I noticed that that fire wasn't it. There was multiple fires. Um, as I pulled up to my house, uh, the front left portion of my driveway was on fire. Um, and I just started freaking out and um, didn't have a key to the front door. Um, and so I thought, oh, maybe I can get in through the back sliding glass door. And as I came around the corner, um, the backyard was completely on fire. The flames were um, probably eight to 10 feet tall. Uh, our whole back fence was completely consumed. She had left the side door to the garage open, um, but she had locked the door going from the garage into the house. And I just thought, oh my God, how am I gonna get in? And I, I turned to my left um, and I saw a hammer hanging on the wall and I said, oh, that'll do it. So I went and I grabbed the hammer um, and I just started beating a hole in the door. Um, I, I punched a hole through the door, but it was actually too far for me to reach my hand through and grab the handle. So I did it again, closer to the handle and was able to get my hand through and open the door into the house. Um, I ran into the house and, and she's in the master bedroom in the back and I ran back and she had locked the door to her master bedroom. Um, and she is, um, like I said, 83 years old, has hearing aids and so at night she takes them out. And so I began just pounding on the door um, and just yelling and, and pounding and pounding. And after about um, 30 seconds or so, she came and she opened the door and said, what, what, what? And I just grabbed her arm and I said, we're leaving. And she said, well, I need to, I need to grab things. And I said, we don't have time, let's go. Um, and she was in a nightgown and, and nothing else. And we ran and I unlocked the front door um, and saw a scene I'll never forget. Um, as there was embers just blowing across kind of the, the walkway and smoke whirling. And uh, you know, my car's across the street. And so I went and I, and I got her in the car um, and we left. Come to find out <laughs> to the ground. But um, I look back now and so many times when I've heard of people who've lost stuff uh, and they say, it's just stuff. Um, and I've always thought, oh man, but it's so much more than that. And I realized that it really is just stuff. When we went back to the house two days later um, to try to look through some of the rubble, my grandma was actually standing on one of the walls that had collapsed into her master bedroom. And um, I just had a moment where I thought, wow, I'm so glad you're on top of this wall and not underneath it. At this point, I'm just so thankful and grateful to have uh, my family and my grandma. And uh, yeah, that's my story. Wow. So, t so today, yeah, isn't that wonderful? We're asking you to simply say yes to others. Say yes to people. Say yes to one another. Um, say yes to the one another's, to loving one another, to encouraging one another, to serving one another, to honoring one another above yourself, to greeting one another. And if you're struggling with that, trust in God's big yes to you. And let that sit there. And uh, my guess is some of you might really struggle 
you wonder, why is it so hard to accept God's yes in my life? Here's why I think. Because it's sometimes easier to work for it. Or there's more, it's working for it's more about me. If I'm an athlete or an actor or a, um, you know, a, a leader or whatever, I, and I, I find my identity in that, then that's, that's all about me. God's yes is all about him and his love for me. Say yes to God. Why do we struggle saying yes to others and loving them unconditionally? Here's why. It's because we don't realize how much we're loved. We can't give that which we have not really received. And so you want to grow in your yes. As Chuck comes forward to kind of facilitate the next moment of our service, I want to end with uh, these questions. Do you think of God as having a yes in his heart for you or a no in his heart for you? Today, say yes to your preborn planned identity in Jesus Christ. Don't say yes to, because you're richer, because you compare better. Say yes because of who you are in Christ. And finally, say yeses to one another. Yes.